Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Make Your Name Great Podcast. I am your host, Tyrone Robertson, and I'm joined by my beautiful, illustrious, intelligent, anointed partner in podcasting, but more important, my partner in life, Ashley Robertson. Let's hit it up one time for the one time. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. And yourself? I have no complaints, and if I did, no one would care. That's what you always say. That's what I'm saying. I'm going to stick to it. By the way, uh, anybody who go out there and try to steal it, that is copyrighted. It's not, but I'm just going to say it is so you don't do it. But <laughs> just trying. Silly. I, listen, I'm, I'm born this way. I woke up like this. Yes, you did. I woke up like this. Okay. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, okay. So this is, will be part two of our Lessons from Marriage Bootcamp episodes, season 16. Mm-hmm. Right. So in the first part, we kind of talked about the lessons we learned from Nori and his wife and we talked about the, uh, sabotage. But here we want to talk about the second couple, not in order, just how we did it. Molly and Treasure right. and the lessons and the things we got from them. From a fake relationship. <laughs> That's it's OK. So what was your what is your impressions of that relationship of that couple? It wasn't real. No, <laughs> 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 uh, you you had a a person trying to control the narrative mm-hmm. of the relationship, uh, which is a problem. Yeah. Um, if you want to call it a relationship, but again, relationships is all type of ways. It don't have to always be romantically. Mm-hmm. You know, right? You you can have a relationship by being friends, by acquaintance, by being a coworker. So their relationship. Had a person controlling a narrative. It is very interesting because they came in with a weird energy, right? Right. So, I guess the background of it is you have him who's like a hip hop star, hip producer, producer, whatever, and you have her who's you know aspiring artist slash dancer. Exactly, dancer. Yeah, I think that's the best way to put it. And so um, here, so you know what it is, mm-hmm. right? So here you have these two coming on the show to fix their relationship to later on, you know, just to blow the bubble. If you ain't seen it, you should have seen it, that they were never really a couple. Right. That's right. So, um, and so you get to, the, how do you get to that point? And how do you get to the point where they, one of the partners explode mm-hmm. and they bust their own bubble. They, they shot their own self in the foot. Right. Because of the fiction of it. So there's a couple things to me that stand out about the relationship. And I guess you, we can decide which one you want to talk about first. One is the aspect of trying to control the situation, trying to control the narrative and how that looks and how, what are the side effects of that control, right? Due to your other partner and the relationship as a whole. Right. The second thing I kind of want to talk about too is, is how much of a look relationships appear to be to the people and how mm-hmm. people use them as for a look. That's good. Um, and I think the other thing I just would like to talk about, I think it's, it goes back to control, but also the the damage a relationship can do. I hope you wrote those down. I, you know, we can get lost into. No, I, di- I didn't. We can go wing it, and if we get to them, we get to them. So which uh, one? Which which one of those did you want to get to first? Pick one. Um, let's get to control. I think that's the the one that stands out. I think at first glance. At a first glance, over time, you've seen it. You definitely can sense the sense that Molly both wanted, both had control and wanted to demonstrate his control. Um, rather if it's controlling the narrative, watching what she says, manipulated in the arguments, right? 
where he would, you know, she would say something about him and he would ask others, you know, do you think I'm this? Right. To try to get people on his side. Right. Um, and that, that controlling and being nature also, it had her feel powerless mm-hmm. and it made her feel small within that situation. Right. Right. And so I, and watching that play out, you kind of see it. Very small. Very small. And each time, over time, she got smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, and I think over time, what you learn is that having trying to exempt that control of a relationship really just deteriorates a relationship. That's not a relationship anybody kind of wants. Yeah, pretty much. That's, yeah. And I think over time, it gets to the point where the relationship is so, you have so much control that the person has to feel like they have to come to you for everything. Right. And you never want a point where you feel like, you know, it's a mother, may I, you know, it's a nervousness to do anything. Can I make the bed right? That, you know, that eat right? That make it like your parent and not your partner. Right. And nobody wants a parent. They already got parents. And if they didn't, they passed that stage. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So um, when they start laying in the bed, messing with you. And that's why I'm always sometimes iffy about the big gaps in relationship personally. Mm. Because I feel like it kind of falls into that parent-child relationship, and it can get kind of creepy. Because I'm going to be honest, I ain't laying up with nobody. You think you're going to treat me like your child. No, we are equal here. I don't care what your age is. So, you speak of them gap. I know you're talking about age gap. However, I think wage gap does the same thing. Wait. Oh, finances. Yeah, definitely. Because in theory, I don't think, I don't necessarily know, I'm not, I'm not, and I'm too lazy to look it up. I don't necessarily believe Molly was that much older than Treasure. Oh, well, I don't know. I was just on a tantrum. Uh, but when it comes to them and the controlling, I think, first of all, um, you, you just have to take what it was. Work, what It was It wasn't a real relationship, so they did not even understand each other or being in situations with one another where they knew how to act. As far as uh, Nora and his wife, mm-hmm. right? When he had a moment of blowing up, she knew how to console him. She knew how he was. She was like, oh, yeah, he holds things in and he's going to blow up. I know. I did. But, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Right, right, right. It, it didn't shock her. It didn't make her come out of character. She knew what role to play. She knew how to play it. Now, don't get me wrong, whether it was right or wrong, but she knew how to fit in his puzzle. Right. Because she's been with him long enough. What you see in Molly and Treasure's situation, they could not fit. Don't know how to fit because they have not had a relationship to that degree and which they admit to. So here you have in their dynamic a control issue. And I think because it's the reason of why they came on the show. Trying to better themselves mm-hmm. or whatever the reason was, it had nothing to do with relationship but more so career. Right. So you have both person thinking about something that's beneficial to them, where when the relationship is about a unit. Right. It wasn't gonna work in the beginning. It was never going to work. And it, 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 it played out to the point, like, didn't really have the history, didn't really have the knowledge of each other, didn't have the experience with each other, because that can only grow over time. Right. Um, like, talk to one another. Like, I think I've told the story on the podcast before, but like, you know, Taboo, right? When, when right, me right. and you, we often, we're partners, going to be partners in Taboo. Right. And the reason why we're partners, I think we work well together. And hey, anybody want to smoke, mm-hmm. call me Mr. Chimney. Oh but, my God, not Mr. Chimney. Mr. Chimney. But if, the reason why we work together because we would have stories and have explanations of things that had nothing to do with the card. Right. Right. Like if I said um, something your grandmother always made, but I don't like you making the house, you would say it's Milo. Correct. Right. And, and we were playing with 
no shade to to this other couple, but we were playing with another couple who just hadn't been together as long as 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 long. Right. And we in, in the room together, you saw the difference of the inside, the experience, and then versus them just didn't have that yet. Right. And I think even on marriage boot camp season sixteen, you saw that difference when you saw Molly and Treasure next to Nori and I should really learn her name, yeah. but I'm not going to. Um. Nori and his wife. You saw that experience and how they built each other, how they knew and understood each other. Well, they were the only couple that was married. But you know, I was just, just in right. general, just just a that long, t- that time. Somebody with a long this a long time relationship. Right, a long time relationship versus the other end where it's like, do y'all really know? And I think part of it was there wasn't a familiarity with each other. So then over time, as you spend time, they got to know each other and realize we don't like who the, this person is. We don't is. like each other. Right, and at one point, you know, Treasure even called him the devil. She did. Um, and that's kind of like, I'm getting to know him. It's like, yo, there's something wrong with him. Right. Literally. And, and, and that's really getting to a breaking point because I think the truth matter is Treasure had this big personality and this big spirit in her. Mm-hmm. Um, and similar to, but the control that Molly tried to do kept compressing her right. and compressing her and compressing her. And eventually, if you keep compressing a, sub, a, a substance, eventually it's going to explode back. Right. It's, it's going to try to get back to that form. Right. And that explosion came when that breakdown. Right. Right. Um, and, you know, it's good you talked about that because that pressure comes from when you're trying to control the narrative of your relationship. Mm. A lot of times, especially in our day and age when we have social media, Internet, Facebook, many people are trying to control the narrative of their life, less known their relationship. Mm-hmm. Whether Nobody puts up when they're arguing. You know what I'm right. saying? Nobody puts up, oh, he cheated on me yesterday or she demasculated me last night. That's not what you're going to see on social media when it comes to our favorite, favorite relationship. And, and, and no, ain't no posting. She said, my breath stink last night. You know what I'm saying? Right. Ain't, ain't nobody going to post that. So we have this, you know, this need to control what people see, which. Like again, what you explained causes the other person to be uh, belittled, mm-hmm. feel inferior, to feel controlled, mm-hmm. have less control over themselves. Because, and the truth of the matter is, it's another sign of selfishness to right. me. Because you're worried about how you look and which you view like and in their situation. They came on this show to benefit their self individually in their personal life. And so at the end of the day, if I'm walking into a relationship and it's about how this relationship is going to make me better, not how it makes we better, right? it is detrimental to the success of this relationship. Yeah. And another thing I would like to put too, when you try to control somebody and put them into a box, you are only ex- accepting or allowing them to express part of who they are. Correct. And the truth matter is, the the beautiful part of a relationship is that and being with somebody and spending the time with somebody is that they should be able to even if they don't like all aspects of you, right? Because there's there's part of me you don't there's parts there's while you accept every part of me and you well, love me or flaw on me there's there's parts of me you don't like but you still accept yeah. all of me and that right, and that freedom within the relationship to be all of me not just the version I think you'll like. Right, right? I, I can't just be the. You can sing Beyonce. I, I can sing. I can sing Beyonce, right? And that's fine. Oh, I'll sing a, you know, I can I'm go. I can go to Beyonce karaoke. Um, but I also can talk to you about you know finances or talk to you yes. about the African American community. I'm not confined into a box. You accept all of me, and I think yes. that's work out. You can't really truly have a relationship and build a connection and build that vulnerability unless there is all of a person that is accepted. Versus defined into that little box. Right. Right. I think 
part of the talking about the control, Molly tried to define her into that little box. Just stay there and be cute. Right, right. A hundred percent. Be 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 the exotic dancer, look cute, and that that's Make all I want you to do. Good. Make me look good. No, I don't I don't care about anything else you want to go with. Um yeah, and, and oftentimes too, when a person's striving to look good, they have to make you the villain. Mm. And the true matter is nobody likes to be the villain all the time. Right? Because right. one thing I even I tell, I tell you sometimes, listen, if you have to blame something on me, that's fine. Blame it on me, I don't mind being a bad guy. Right. But the undertone of that, which I don't always say, is as long as me and you know the truth, I don't mm. care what anyone else knows. So I'll be the villain to them as long as you don't you're not, you know. It's an agreement, but as long as, long as you ain't believing it. As you ain't believe it, right? And so I think that's that's part of it too. No one wants to always go around feeling like they're the villain. Uh, right. Or they're the issue and the problem. Uh, I thank you. You hit on a really good point there. Because when a person decides that their persona is more important than the relationship, then your partner becomes a liability to you and not an asset. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Is it is there a problem? Right. And she became a problem. And then vice versa. Mm-hmm. He became a problem. She was trying to build her career too. The the mindset. Now, I do believe that she tried to make it work more. You always have that person in the mm-hmm. relationship, male or female. Right. Don't get it twisted. It's not always just female. Male or female who's always holding on or who's always going to try harder than the other one. I just think that's how it is. Um, but they both had the concept in that my persona I was more important than what this relationship is. So you are not valuable to me. You're more of a liability if I need to climb on you to get where I need to be. And and I, I wanted to make this distinction too. No I can be more important than the we in a relationship. Mm, yeah. However, I do believe the biz the 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 business of a person can be in the goal of a relationship. Right. Like um, I'm trying to use a couple, but I couldn't think of one offhand. Well, I think part of that came from when a person has more power than the other person, the person with power has to be mindful to not rule over right. their partner. Right. But to journey with their partner. Right. Because the secret undertone is, I think, and you hear this a lot in tone relationships, I don't think for the most part women, yeah, I know we're talking something different, but we talked about before. You know, when it comes to submission, submitting to a man, I don't think women, for the most part, have a problem submitting to a to a man. They have a problem submitting to the wrong man, right? Oh, and, right. and so, what it is, and what that goes to is, if I give you this power over me, if I agree to follow under your leadership, I got to make sure that you are not going to abuse the power that you, I've now 100%. given you, right? And and I think that kind of plays into it, and, and 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 yeah, dealing with the power, right? And so, I think the other standpoint about that is how much. People use a relationship as a look. Mm. So oftentimes, I think, I think it happens all over society, right? America very, I don't think America would, would, now if they have in the past, there hasn't been many, would elect a single man as the president. Well, I don't know. They elect Trump. He wasn't single. It don't matter. I mean, listen, he had other issues, but again, he's not single, right? As far as a public face, a relationship is a look. Right. Um, even even social media, all of a sudden, everybody everybody in a relationship on Valentine's Day. You know, it, it becomes a look. It becomes a trend. Um, and I think through that idea of having that look, 
of of seeing I got something versus actually wanting the look of being in a relationship versus actually making a relationship work is kind of downgrades and disintegrates the, the relationship in general and how relationships look. Mm. Like how they talk about the the need to the need to be married versus stay married. Right. Kind of downgrades and disintegrates and devalues the idea of marriage. Mm-hmm. Because there's a rush and a and a push to get into it. Right? And so what are your thoughts on on that? Like uh, about marriage being a look. Do you think it is a look or do you think it's more like that's isn't it? Or do you think I'm just, you know, bugging? I could be bugging. I mean, marriage is definitely trendy, if I may say. You know, everybody wanna be in a relationship. Nobody wants to commit, male or female. Right. Uh or submit. Mm-hmm. That's the bad word. Not commit. Let's talk about submit. Right. Male or female. Um, so I do think it's a look. Um, but I think uh, people portray it but don't really understand it. It's kind of like the word love. People say it, but they don't mean guape mm-hmm. love. They mean love how you doing. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So it, it, it's different, you know. And so because people do have the pressure in society to be in relationships because relationships look that good, Somehow, being in a relationship draws a connection to your character. Mm-hmm. Why, how, I can't explain it. But even if you look in religions, just like you said with the president, most of them usually are married traditionally. Mm-hmm. I would say that. Times are changing. But right. traditionally, they have always been usually married people. Right. Um, and power in certain things in mm-hmm. the churches. So I just feel like, yes, it has been pressured, so people feel the need, but there is a overlook of the work that is taken to keep a good relationship. Right. And I think, like I said, yeah, I think it's definitely overstand the work that is necessary. And I think if people truly understood the, the work that it took to stay in it, they wouldn't be pushed, rushing for it so much. I 100% true. If I believe, if and I'm just going to speak from a woman's perspective because I'm a woman. If the single women could catch every tear that a wife has cried in a 15 marriage, I think she might fill up her bottom and think twice. Mm. Is The tears of her rolling down her face. And not saying the man doesn't cry neither. But I'm saying because he has pain, whether it's mm-hmm. aggression, loss, are feeling inadequate. If another man single, because there are men out there who want to be in relationships too, you know, can understand what that take. It's not all glorified. It is work, right. hard work, hard commitment, constant commitment, constant renewing of commitment to a person. I think speaking of what you were talking about, I think there's so many. There's so many. Pillows that a wife sleep on that they have to turn over in the morning so that they don't the tears aren't visible. Um, Where there's a lot of those, right? And, and the things you keep silent because you can't really speak on it. And I think even from a man's standpoint, while I don't think there are, I wouldn't say it's necessarily tears, but it's the silence, right? It's it's the, they don't say. it's the storm that's going on in their head. Mm-hmm. Um. The worry, the stress, the I don't know, the you know, the the pressure 100%. Um, that kind of builds up, and 
while relationships are, are beautiful when done right. When um, it's done right, when it's it done right. A, man, it's like heaven. Right, when done right. But again, even a relationship done right took blood, sweat, and tears, time. And often often it's being done right now because it had to go to some rough patches. So heaven wasn't built without Jesus' time. Yeah. You know, but of course, you know, I'm, I'm a spiritual <laughs> Final thumper here. <laughs> so, but you're right. When it's done right, it is it is beautiful. It is something worth having. But it is a sacrifice. The every day, every moment, every hour sacrifice that makes it beautiful. Right. And and truth is the process can't be rushed. And I think that's another thing about about mm-hmm. Molly and Treasure is they rushed quote well, we understand it's a fake, but in theory, the whole idea was rushed too. We stayed in different states. We weren't really together. Let's let's just hurry up. Go. Let's slap us together. Throw us in a room. Now we're a relationship. Right. Right. You can't rush that process because a real relationship, a good build relationship that lasts, has to be built on foundation and experiences. Tough times that we struggled and survived together. Right. When we when we had to wait for you to get off subway to eat for us to eat a subway sandwich. You know, like right, right. It. it and, you know, it's interesting that you brought up that it was rushed because, now, I thought of this when I was looking at, they had that storyline, but that didn't mean nobody else didn't either. Right. Right? They just, theirs came out. Theirs came out. Blew out. And one of the reasons I sit there, I ponder if that was the case, because the other two could have had it too, where they don't live together. Mm-hmm. The other ones live in different states. Yeah. They could have called each other up and say, yo, let's go on this show and make our careers better. Yeah. Um, but the difference between them and Molly and Treasure is they had longer relations. They knew each other. Yes. It wasn't rushed. No. Their building of a relationship wasn't rushed. One knew each other since high school. The other one had kids together. Mm-hmm. You know? So there was a foundation there. Correct. You even even if it's a lie overall. The lie was still built on a solid, truthful foundation at the bottom. Correct. Whereas Molly and Treasure, they had a lie, but it was built on a lie. So that's, it was just quicksand. It falls apart. As soon as the ground starts shaking, it falls all apart. Right. Um, as soon as, you know, I, I realized he's not exactly who I think he is. That it's, there's starting to be some turbulence. It fell all apart. All right. Correct. Broke all down. Oh, it's over. It's a scam. I couldn't do it anymore. I'd rather go home. You know? <laughs> I'd rather go home to my mama. But I'd rather go home to my mama. Listen, she, she ran home to her mama. Well, that's when you think you met the devil. That, listen. When you think you met the devil, you go find your mama and say, can you pray for some holy water? I think nothing scarier <laughs> to me and than thinking you're laying next to the devil. Yeah. And and not necessarily that, like, devil also, but even, even moments where it's like, yo, that could be, you know, that's pretty scary. I'm like, I almost lay in bed next to him. You know, you I could play next to Lucifer. No, you know, because <laughs> you know they could do anything. And I said, also, what they do to your mind, because it, the one thing about the devil too, it's not always the blatant physical attacks, but it sometimes it's the mental attacks and right. the mental instability that it can cause. That it can have you thinking you down, but you really up, right. or you up and you really down. It's right. that mental instability. Um, that kind of throws you all off. That that kind of makes it worse. Whereas, you no, 
Everyone else is looking for the physical attack. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's it, nothing going on. And, and they're sitting there smiling. You like, and you know, it's like, no, but you don't understand. And then he, and it comes off that you looking crazy. Right. It's like, but now y'all don't understand. It's, it's like he, he doing it. It's, it's like Olympics. Here. Yeah. And I think, you know, people think a liar is bad because she lied. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I think a liar can be fixed on, but a person who is deceitful is a master of lying and mm. manipulation. They are worse. Mm. And he was manipulative and deceitful. And he ran circles around her little lie. Yeah. And that's why it broke her because she, no matter what she did, she looked the crazy. And that's why, I believe that's why she cried so much. Mm-hmm. And she drunk so much because she was trying to suppress what she was really feeling. And it came out. And anytime you're in a relationship and you cannot express who you are or what, or even express to the person of how you feel, communication is real, you will start destroying yourself to suppress those feelings. Right. And she did. And somehow, I don't care what nobody say, male or female, it will always leak out. And it leaked out in her tears. Men, it leak out in their anger. It will always leak out. Yeah. Oh my bad. No, I, I, I think I like that because again, you know, I, while I don't think we have as much, like, our, there wasn't as many things like, oh, I saw this in, in like, in our relationship that we saw from there. No, not no, nearly, no. Not, not, not like, not more, like the, not like the person, right? But I think there are still lessons and things you live for and worth discussing. I think. I mean, one thing I learned is not to con- try to control the narrative of your relationship because I think in this day and age you can get easily trapped in that. Caring about what other people think about you and what they see and their viewpoint on social media, at your job, in your church, or in your community, you want to look like whatever, you know? Um, and I'm the type of person, which I always am. I am who I am. Take me as I am. You I, know? Ne- I never want the image of Tyrone and Ashley to be more important than, than the, actually Tyrone and Ashley. I like that. Right? We don't want what people think like this. Like we talk about relationship goals. Listen, don't put us in relationship goals. We don't want that pressure. No, I, and because that's that, that's what that develops, right? Having that, having someone stamp you that develops that image. Like, oh, we gotta protect that image. We gotta protect how people see us. Nah, listen. Look, when it's bad, it's bad. When it's bad, it's bad. <laughs> you know, we we try to work on it, go through it. But when it's bad, it's bad. And right. I think we never want that image to be more important than the actual relationship. And I think even sometimes you see that with the YouTube couples. I know this, but you know, but sometimes the YouTube couples, they're following their fan bases based on them being together so much mm. that even though they really don't like each other. Wow. Speaking of which, there was a food TV land or food commercial, one of the food channels, right? There was a black couple. Oh, I've heard this story before because you don't like this black couple. And I'm going to say it again. Honey, Bookie Stickums, can you pass me that spoon? Yes, Sugar Bear, here's the spoon. Right, they built this image of what their relationship was. Years mm-hmm. later, sure, they got divorced because what their things happen. But I just no. The problem is, I think what their actual relationship, what the, the image of their relationship became more important than what their actual relationship was, mm-hmm. and the image is what had to be protected more so than the actual relationship. I'd rather protect our relationship than our image of the relationship. I mean, I agree. I, it, I agree. And so you know, okay, all right, but yes, so that's that's kind of the things that we got from from Molly and and Treasure. And so with that, let's go ahead and get to the We're Not Strangers segment. All right. 
right, so our We're Not Strangers segment is where Ash and I will take a, some questions and ask each other, ask me at random, we'll see where the conversation go. Um, this week's questions are going to come from Our Moments, Couples Edition. And so, yeah, let's, let's go. So, Ashley, you're going to start off. All right. So, what was the best mistake you ever made that turned out really well? Huh. Interestingly enough, I think I've always talked about this being my ghost, like one of the ghosts I carry. But I think messing up in Chico. Mm. Um, I think while it was a mistake that haunted me, I think overall it turned out well. Because I think we were able, we moved, we, you know, forced to move to San Diego. Um you know, kind of buckle down. I think the job I received here is a great job that, that I was able to provide and we were able to grow and, and develop. And I think while the mistake of not putting my all and not doing well, because the two writers, I think if do if what the truth is, I believe if I was in Chico and, and graduated from Chico and went forward, I don't know if I would have ever came back to San Diego. Mm. Don't know where we would live, but I don't know if I would have came back to San Diego. I'm glad you could be in it. Yeah. Um, and so from that standpoint, I think that would have been interesting. You never know where that life will turn out. Whereas now I think we have built something solid for us. Um, so that's that's what I'll say offhand. You think we have. Yes. Um, what do you most look forward to about getting old? I can't wait to get old. <laughs> Besides the sick part. Right. I don't want to look at that, but the... I think old is cool a little bit. I don't know why I always have. Um, just seeing life at a mm-hmm. different perspective. At this point in your life, you have been through life. Mm-hmm. You're at the end of it. And so now you get to see it from the journey of other people trying to walk through what you have walked back. Mm-hmm. And you can deliver the knowledge and the wisdom and, and be graceful with it. Right. You don't have to be, just be because you made it through. Mm -hmm. And so I'm looking to the point where I've made it. So glad I made it. I made it. I made it through. Made it through. Mm -hmm. I think we're singing different songs. Oh, we were, but I was just singing. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Okay. My question. Uh Uh-huh. If a movie was made about your life, Mm-hmm. What celebrity would play you? And I'm going to add, why? Okay, so um, to play the story of my life, I think you need a good actor. An actor who can embody the role and envision it. And I think there's no other actor who can really play me other than like Michael B. Jordan. Um, <laughs> I think we look alike. <laughs> I don't like the way you laugh like that, though. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not feeling that laugh. I, I, I thought it would side by side, same thing. But <laughs> I'm laughing so hard the laugh can't come out. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I'm just not feeling the way you laugh like that. I'm, I'm, I think you're trying to say something, but I'm just kidding. Now. No, but no, for real though. You said something when you said it. <laughs> <laughs> but for real though, I think um, I, I, Michael, I actually Michael. I don't think Michael B. Jordan could play me. I don't. Why? I don't think he has the goofy silliness. To play me. Right? I, I couldn't see Michael B. Jordan goofing around. Not not to me, right? I think a younger version of Will Smith. I don't know who that is. But I think a younger version of Will Smith. I think Will Smith can... Yeah. I figured you were saying Will. Yeah. I just can't think of who's a younger, the silly, goofy type. Oh, I know. 
the guy who plays Everybody Hates Chris, the that actor. Oh yeah, Tyler Johnson or something like that. Like his name, but yeah, I, I think him. Yeah, and that's him. And so, oh my god, my heart hurt laughing so hard. I, I think he laughed a little <laughs> too hard personally. I mean, I, I don't know. I think I'm offended. Um, what did you learn a little too late? Ooh. That's the that's one I'm hit you. Hit you there. Man, I have a lot of things a little too late. All right, well, give me one or two. Ooh. <laughs> and I actually just learned it this year. The, the root of suffering. Okay, yeah, you got to go ahead. You got to break all that down. Go ahead. So, uh, school studying, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not going to even get into too many details. I'm just going to, the concept for the most part, overall, you figure out where it comes from, people. But uh, basically, what I've learned is that the root of suffering comes from the desire to want. And we are so connected to the things that we want or what we didn't have or what we want to look like that we suffer do not having it or trying to strive to get it. Mm. Now, I had a person ask me, well, Ashley, what do you say about physical suffering? Mm-hmm. Body, you know, your sickness, whatever. Mm-hmm. Some things you just born with. You just, it's like percentages and statistics. You right. have those numbers in the game. Right. But a lot of doctors and, and mental health will tell you a lot of your sickness are created in the mind. Mm. So again, it goes back to you being connected to where you feel you or who you think you should be, whether it's your path, it's a desire, whether you're chasing a ghost, it's the desire and it caused the suffering. And so to get rid of the suffering, then what is the answer? You have to disconnect yourself to your desires. And that is hard. Takes a lifetime to do it. Wow. Okay. Wow. Um, I just learned that, and I'm still trying to really grasp. I mean, it. yes, if you think about it, so many of the things. I mean, wow. But if you can talk about it as, as in, a, in a practical sense and in a meta- metaphorical sense, I mean, you talk about finances. Mm-hmm. Why do you suffer your finances? Because you want things that you probably shouldn't pay for right now. Desire. That you want things that you, you desi- the things you Cars. desire, you want hair. cars, you know, yeah. hair, nails, um, clothing. It, how to how, the image? How to look right? Mm-hmm. Right. So that that leads to that suffering of your in your finances. You talk about relationships. I want a relationship. You know, Already married. You know, I, I, yeah, I want the desire. I want to have that want that I wanted. So you're suffering because you want. And you, both, both you're suffering because you want the desire, and you're suffering because you went and got it before you were ready for it, and got it in the wrong in the wrong person. So you're suffering from that want and desire. Even when you're talking about being down and, and depressed on yourself, you the want and desire of where you think you should be is causing your own internal suffering. Yeah. And so, yeah, it is something that we we put it the, we put the weight on our own back. Yeah. We carry, we have cut down the tree and carved our own crosses to carry them, to crucify ourselves. And the worst part is the exit button is right there and we just won't push it. Mm-hmm. Because we we need to have a cross for some reason. Yeah. We need to desire. We, we, you know, I heard someone say, that's just the way we were designed. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm, I'm a, like, I love 
deep thinking people, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I can't even keep up with it, but I love it because it mm-hmm. makes me think, it challenges my thought process. And I heard someone say, well, we were created to desire, we were created to want, and we were, you know, to have the one great things. And yeah, but I don't believe to the point to where it's detrimental to make you feel unworthy. Mm. And we feel unworthy in different aspects in life. Not good enough parents, not good enough kids, not good enough students, not good enough co-workers, not good enough partners. I'm, my body shape ain't right. Mm-hmm. I'm not a strong enough man. Or I'm too strong as a man. I have no sensitive part. I'm not educated mm-hmm. enough. I can't speak. We desire. Yeah. And imagine, imagine complaining like, about a, a, a heavy vest that's on. You're saying it's too heavy. And someone sees it like, well, just take it off then. Pretty much. And because really, just, just take it off. Disconnect yourself from the images or the mindsets or the thoughts that, that you put in your own head about what you should be, what you should get, what you need to have to feel worth. When true runners, you are worthy as you are. Yeah. But the problem is, and the first thing I said, it takes a lifetime to do. I believe it is very hard. You know, I have a professor ask me, which is easier, Ashley? Focusing on yourself or focusing on other people in the world and helping people? I said, so. It was easy. The answer was easy to me. So, people say, Ashley, no, the world. I said, it's easy to point out the world problem than to deflect on other mm-hmm. people. It is hard to sit down and take the time to correct yourself. It is nearly impossible to sit down. While we see ourselves every day, we very rarely see ourselves. We become the hero of our own stories. Yeah. Yeah. And how many people you hear are gonna tell you they was the villain? Very rarely. And even and I'm gonna tell you this, I've heard some people call themselves a villain, and even in the midst of them calling there's themselves a the butt. There's a butt. There's still a pity party story somewhere. But this is you gotta understand. You ask you ask almost anybody why their previous relationship ended. Most of the, I mean, a good chunk of the time it's gonna be they're gonna start off with the other person. Uh, I'm man, I've heard it. Every every time they were this, they were, right. Nobody said this. That you know what? I was no good. Mm. I came in a relationship with false pretense. I wanted them to be somebody who they weren't. And the set and the thing is, regardless of what how the relationship actually ended, regardless of what happened, when you take a look at what you did in your part and and what you caused, that's the catalyst for change. As long as it's someone else, you don't feel responsible. To make any changes. And so while, yeah, that person might have flaws, but you're still bringing the same flaws of baggage into each new relationship, too, because you you have decided that you don't need the change. Yeah. And, we, you know, got to change. We got to, you know, be better if we don't want to suffer. And you got to detach yourself from those I mean, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not even saying I did it and able to do it. I'm trying, you know, but I want less suffering. <laughs> right. Um, and it just gets hard. Wow. That that kind of led us that kind of led us down a path. <laughs> Sorry then. No, no. I think it's no complaint. I think it's a worthwhile conversation, a worthwhile discovery. And again, that's why we do the We're Not Stranger segment. Because it sometimes the questions will lead you down places. And pathways that you didn't know it would lead you to, and that's what we said. We don't know where this conversation will go, but let's let's hop on the ride. We're gonna go together, 
right? And, and get there together. Choo, so, choo. But yeah, but I think that does it for this, for this week's episode. Um, you know, thank you so much for listening. Please like, share, subscribe. This is the I'll Make Your Name Great podcast, the podcast you listen to on the road to greatness. I'm Tom Robertson. And I'm Ashley Robertson. We're out. Bye. I hear it.